1: Well, welcome. Hope everyone's having a great week. Again, it's a beautiful day here in the New York City area. Spring is in the air, and when I think of prosperity, I always feel that you know spring is always the telltale sign that prosperity is around the corner. So, again, if uh, you're new to Sustainable Success, again, uh, we're here obviously on the Voice American Influencers channel, but you could also find us on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. Again, check us out there. Come like us. You'll find many of our on-demand episodes with our many great guests that we've had in the past. A wealth of information that could help you not only in your business, but also raise your personal uh, success as well in terms of your wellness, relationships, wealth, and all of the above. Again, check us out at Sustainable Success 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, our sponsors are, are Empowered Fathers in Action, or EFA Movement. They are a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process, but even go beyond that to help create interdependent communities and corporate businesses by focusing on creating interdependent families. So this is getting to the root cause of limited beliefs that could get in the way of uh, levels of self-confidence, not only in adults, but also what children observe and then take as their own as they become adults so that we can break this uh, dysfunction and cycle of codependency uh, through the EFA movement process. So check them out at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. Also, uh, if you're going to be in the uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami area on May 17th through the 18th, come uh, by and check out the Entrepreneurial's Living the Dream. This event will be taking place over a two-day period. Uh, They'll have great speakers providing a wealth of content, that will be helping not only take your business as an entrepreneur to another level, but also how you can strike balance with your personal life. Again, check it out, Entrepreneurial's Living the Dream. You can check them out on Facebook uh, or on Eventbrite. Again, May 17th, 18th in Sunrise, Florida, which is between Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Today we're going to be talking about creating our new story. So again, we all know that old models are not sustainable and that creating anything new like product, manufacturing products at the expense of everything else has placed us as humans and other species in precarious positions. We're going to be hearing from Judith Dreyer. And Judith is an author, consultant, and a speaker. She also holds an MS and BSN uh, as well. She's a master gardener and teacher with over 20 years experience developing workshops classes and speaking and writing about holistic health edible and uh, medicinal plants dreams and more she has a degree in nursing and nutrition science and has taught holistic health studies and nutrition science at both university and college level judith has traveled a wheel of a diverse learning and experiences without further ado we welcome judith dreyer to the show judith how are you doing today
2: Oh, I'm great, Chris, and you're right. It's a beautiful day, and thank you again for having me. This is uh, a delight and an honor to be here with you.
1: Absolutely, Judith. I mean, we had the pleasure of seeing each other last week, and that we both are living this beautiful state of Connecticut, and now that we're coming out of winter into spring, you know, it looks like that you know better things are going to be coming in terms of the weather for us, and and, and I'm sure for you being a gardener, I mean, this is your time of the season and so forth. So getting to the topic today, you know, creating our new story. I mean, change is inevitable. And it's so important that if we when we look at creating our new story, can you talk about what that means to us as humans and then at the individual level?
2: Sure. I I feel that... The old military model that we've been living under, which is command, control, and uses up resources uh, with, without regard to anything else on the planet, um, has put us in a very precarious position. And Jean Houston, one of my favorite authors and speakers, says we cannot reverse the overuse of our environment without facing the gross underuse of our interior environment. So what you write about, what you speak about, and what I write about and speak about is that we're interconnected. The outer and the inner is connected. So we have to look at how are we going into the inner journey so that we can really make some constructive, sustainable changes in the outside world. Now, Bill Plotkin, he's the author of Soulcraft. He's also the founder of the Animus Valley Institute, and he feels that we're functioning at the level of a 15-year-old teenage boy. What that means is we have an Yes, we have an immature male perspective running our world in many ways. So the questions that I ask are, how can we grow up into a better level of maturity where we unite the masculine and feminine aspects of ourselves and we renew a healthier partnership with nature, and it's timely. We, we need to get, get with the program, so to speak. So from my experience as a, a presenter, writer, and a speaker a dreamer, I feel we are looking for ways to write a new story, and we want one, as you know, that is both regenerative and sustainable. So creating our new story is a program that I offer. It's a one-day program that walks the the wheel of the four directions. In other words, I use the qualities of the four directions uh, as a starting place to create the structure and form of disseminating information that hopefully ends up with practical action that's sustainable. So why do I use the four directions? Well, first of all, it's something that I've been living with for a lot of years. I have Native American ancestry. When I started to learn about the medicine wheel in a more formal way, my heart started to sing. I just felt like this is it. This is yeah. something that connects us with nature. And we, what I love about the wheel is that it's a circle. And we know that the circle is a the most common symbol on the planet, and that gives us a starting point. In Sanskrit, the word for circle is mandala. Many people are very familiar with the mandala today, and we know that on a deeper level, the mandala represents the universe. But even more than that, once we start placing whatever... On that circle, it becomes alive. It's actually a living, breathing entity, and that's a deeper teaching in the Sanskrit world of Hindu that where this particular concept comes from. And I find that when I put the four directions on there what do we create? We create a compass. Everybody knows what a compass is. So the four directions isn't necessarily a location, though that can be a factor, but it's more than that. There's um, a depth to the four directions and many cultures offer their particular perspective on what that means. So if we if we use the Mandela, if we put the four directions on there, then this tool gives us an opportunity to see what's subconscious and make it conscious. Mm. That's something that Carl Jung discovered <clears throat> in his work, and I really yeah. feel that that's, that's true.
1: Yeah, so, talk, talk a little bit more. About, I mean, so this goes back, this medicine, I mean, this goes back, I mean, right to the Native American Indians like you're talking about, right?
2: Yes, but it's not just Native American culture. If you look at traditional Chinese medicine or the Taoist Chinese med- medical model, if you look at Ayurveda, if you look at Tibetan medicine, if you look at Japanese medicine, everything and uh, um, African, Australian, everything, every one of those systems is connected to nature. And they're connected to the elements or the four directions. They put a slightly different spin on it, but it's still it's the it's the basis of understanding how to be the best human we can be on this planet and that covers us on a mind body and a spirit level
1: wow it's so that powerful makes, that makes sense. It yeah no powerful. absolutely absolutely so you know talk about this i mean if we're if we're looking at this you know we look at this on a macro level from you know just humans in general What would this mean to the individual level if we're looking at this? If we are like somebody that, you know, that wants to really understand the importance of this and how we can individually, you know, understand it and then be an example for others, so to speak. Well,
2: if you want to use the wheel which i use i create a mandala you you're, you the influencers are very big on accountability and goal setting and for me what i do with that is i take the four directions and i create a mandala for the beginning of every year and i've been doing this for many years and it's amazing the insights that come from that because some of it truly is not conscious it's just trusting my intuition to put this word, this picture, this sense to whatever meditation I'm working on to create this mandala. And then it becomes... A book for me for the year, I open January up, and what did I write about January? What insights are there? And what came in on January? What do I have to look out for? So that's a very practical way of of using the four directions on a Mandela. And what I like about it, and what you talk about, is going on that inner journey personally. You know, we have to face ourselves. The The, the best human being we can be is when... We are not afraid to face ourselves and to look at ourselves honestly, with authenticity. And these tools give us an opportunity
1: uh, to do that. Hmm. So true. So when you look at like these four directions, um, you know what would you know? Let Let's say, for instance, like you know what would each direction you know mean to you? Like say you or say anybody, if we look at this, like you know, there's I guess there's east, west, south. North, that type of thing.
2: Right. So we're on the East Coast. My elders always started everything in the East. So we're going to begin with the East. So I'm going to ask you, Chris, a question. What does the East mean to you?
1: Well, the East means to me that it's, you know, the, 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 the roots of America. And it's just old-fashioned values. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. If I'm not overthinking or overanalyzing anything, it's just this is the root of America. You know where the foundation is, where it started. And I just feel because everything's older here for the most part, it's just you know this is where you know values, American, you know values that you know that are related to the American, uh, you know, to Americans really stem from.
2: Okay, well, that's a great place to begin, and what I like to do is I like to look at it from um, some qualities that are uh, involve color and season and life cycle, and there's a reason for that. So, for me, the East is about dawn. It's about the breaking of a new day. It's about infancy and childhood, because that's the beginning of us on the planet. It's about... Spring. Um, that's the place where seeds burst through the ground. It's about the freshness of morning. Uh, there's a different quality to morning than there is to evening. There's a color here. In many traditions, the color is typically yellow. Uh, and we could go on and on from there. We And then we can start adding other qualities. So if we think of children, what do you think of? I think of innocence. I think of excitement. I think of in the moment with children. So if I were to start a project, and I do this with all of my workshop development, I look at what is the beginning structure and form that I need to work from in order to create the program, the project, perhaps um, a leadership idea. I look at the beginning, as you said, the beginning of America here. I think that's a, a very good insight to the East. So again, we're going to look at some values, we're going to look at some qualities, and we're also going to look at the shadow side, because everything has light and shadow. So I think of Peter Pan here, you know, it's the the person who doesn't really want to grow up, you know, they really want to stay in that area of adolescence, uh, emotionally, uh, mentally, they they just don't really step away from the teenage years emotionally, and as I said in the beginning, that is the problem, you know, with our model that we're operating under today. So does that make sense to you, looking at that the? East makes that makes sense. Way?
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, would the so, now? What about the other directions? Would that mean you know, just that would mean different things then? Like if it were south, north. Uh, west, I mean, because, you know, when you think about East, it, you know, if we combine North and East, that would definitely be New England, right?
2: Yeah, I, I'm not really looking at the directions right now as a location. Gotcha. Okay, what I'm yep. looking at it is um, a compass that governs certain principles here on this planet. So in the East, we have the air element typically. We have, like I said, the color. We have the beginning of the day. If we look at those literally and then take them a step further and describe the qualities of those, then we start to create a framework that's going to be filled in as we go around the wheel. So let's go to the South. The South would be summertime. It would be adolescence and young adulthood. And what happens in summer and in adolescence? It's intense. It's showing off time. There's a blossoming of ideas and ideals. It's a time of storms. Um, but it's also a time of incredible growth and beauty. So that's, those are qualities that embody the South for me. And you can take it as, uh, so you have the season, you've got the life cycle, the color is usually red, the element is usually fire. You know, things are bursting out in all shapes and forms, and, and we love it. And we're also a more outgoing in the summertime. We're more active in the summertime. So there's a physical quality to the summer as well. And then if we look at the shadow side, think about teenagers. You know, um, we think we know it all. We are arrogant. We have the answer to everything and we don't want to listen to anybody. So the shadow side kind of holds some of that energy here too. So again, if we infill the, the... um, qualities of the direction in this way, when it's time for us to sit in the circle mm-hmm. and to figure something out, we have a lot of maps to go to. We have a lot of guidance to go to, and that's what I love about, about doing this.
1: Wow, this is fabulous stuff. <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, and, and, and we have a couple, we have less than a, uh, uh, about a minute and a half to the break, Judith. You know, what, what, when, you started, when you got into this, what did you feel like this would be, how this could really shift one's co- like consciousness, so to speak, or even us as humans and how this can really impact? We, if we could summarize that and we could always continue uh, after the break.
2: Yes. So I, I feel that it gives us um, a tool on a personal level to deepen our inner journey. So mm-hmm. the, if I look at all the qualities of the four directions and I have an issue or a problem I'm facing, I can sit, literally sit in a circle around my kitchen table, put the east, south, west, and north, and mark them out, and I can sit in each one. I can meditate, and I can see what my guidance is, and I can get a, a better sense, maybe a deeper sense of what it is that I'm seeking.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. This is powerful stuff. Again, uh, we're listening to Judith uh, Dreyer. We're talking about creating our new story. And if you're just joining us, uh, this is some really, really interesting perspective on how we can look at life and some of the things that we could do to make changes, not only as humans, but also for our, our the planet that we live on, the areas that we live, and that really how this could really impact us in so many profound ways Again, creating our new story. We're going to be going to break, but uh, when we come back, Judith is going to be sharing some more information on how to create our new story, and we'll be right back after the break.
0: What is balance? The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution
2: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
0: You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, Back to Sustainable Success.
1: Well, welcome back. Uh, We're here with Judith Dreyer again. She's an author and speaker, and we're talking about creating our new story. And again, this is a really interesting perspective on how we can look at life, not only as humans, but also individually. And we were talking about the circle of life and how it contains four directions, that being north, south, east, west, and we didn't get to get to all the directions Judith but we're going to continue here again so I think you want to we want to talk a little bit about the west and the north if I if, where we left off
2: Yes I think so, because that completes the circle, and um, yep. we get the content out uh, for everyone to understand uh, the rhythm of the circle. So let's go to the West. The West is probably one of my favorites, because it's the place of the dream time, and I've been an avid dreamer since a young girl. I've got another manuscript written about dreams, and I, I could talk to you for two days, Chris, about dreams. So the West is about the mature adult, and it's about sunset. So think about what do we do at sunset? We come home from work, we put our feet up. Even nature quiets down at the sunset. The birds get a little quieter, the wind dies down a little bit. So we have the water here and we have the color blue and black here, which represents the water. Um, So we want to look again at the qualities of the mature adult. What regrets do we have? You can't get to 40, 50, 60 years old without having some regrets. That's just part of life, you know, and we need to maybe look at what were our goals for the first 20, 30 years of our adult life, and where are we at now, and do we need to tweak the program, do we need to make uh, serious changes, a lot of folks get divorced, relationships break apart, children leave the nest, and all of those qualities shape the West, and then of course we have the dreams and I, I, I'm not talking about just the nighttime dreams. I'm talking about the dream time which is more inclusive and Chris you, you are a big voice for intuition and intuition is part of our operating system. So by listening to our intuition, our gut feelings, what do we get in meditation, what is the synchronicity that just happened, as well as our nighttime dreams, we really refine our intuitive skills, and yeah. that's the joy of being here—is to—is to, to, to do that. So again, what's the shadow side of the West? Well, it's—it's it's the, the adult who's dragged down by life and doesn't really make any changes, you know, Um, so we kind of get stuck there. I mean, you and I have both seen that in our families and, and work situations, so there is a shadow to the West, and then, last but not least, we'll go to the North, and the North, as you might imagine by now, is midnight, it's winter. It's, with, it's the elders, it's our elder years, but it's also about prayer and gratitude. Um, and the shadow side of the elder is just because you're old it doesn't mean you're the elder. And I've seen that in my geriatric nursing career. You know, there are people, who, again, who are stuck at the 14-, 15-year-old emotional level, and they're not what I would call... Uh, or they haven't stepped into the role of being an elder. And for me, a, a true elder is one who's willing to share their gifts and talents and especially their wisdom because they've seen it. You know, we need them to say, oh, honey, don't worry about this. It's going to pass. You know, we all need somebody in our life to remind us of those things. And I think the, the true elder does that. And they share what they've learned with others because they want to pass it on. You know, that's the gift of wisdom is to keep passing it on.
1: It's so true. I mean, like when you were talking about, you know, intuition and, you know, change, you know, change is inevitable. Whether if we want to change or not, change is still going to happen. And when we have the ability to really tap into our intuition and really trust that process, trust from within we're able to really adapt to these changes. And I and I love the I love these four directions. You know, it's just an, a very interesting perspective on how you can use them to really make you know, create in this case, create our our new stories, you know, kind of make those changes and so forth. So I mean if 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 we were looking at this, Judith, if somebody says, Hey, I you know, that's listening today and I'm like, wow, this is really really making an impact and where I am and where I could see myself. You mentioned your workshops, but, you know, how do, you know, if somebody were to attend your workshop or say somebody is not, say they're far away, what would be the first step they could do to start looking at this process?
2: Well, that's that's a twofold question. First of all, personally, you can get out a piece of (coughs) paper, put a circle on it, and mark the four directions. You can do, everybody can do that. And then, put down what you think the qualities of each one of those directions are for yourself. Then, if you have an issue, you can sit with it and uh, sit around your wheel and see what insights and inspiration comes. And I feel this can be adapted to just about anything. Like I said, I create and use this model to create my teaching modules from whenever I do a workshop. So, Creating Our New Story has four modules, east, south, west, and north. I put information that I feel is appropriate to each quality in place, and then I tie it in at the end. And, of course, the center of the circle is our intuition. So, we always run everything through our intuition. And, and Chris, one point I'd like to make is when you're doing this kind of work, it's really fun to sit in the East with a question or sit in the West and look at the opposite part of the wheel. So the mature adult can look at what the child has brought to something and vice versa. The same thing with the South and the North. And we can get a different level of wisdom just by doing that one little addition to sitting around the wheel, and I find that fascinating for myself, and that's what I try to offer, you know, it, again in the workshops.
1: Wow, that's fabulous! And you know, what during this process, Judith, would you say that this is, you know, obviously going to be a different time frame for each each you know each person, or if people are doing this in groups, it, would it be different? You know, in terms, of, would they be on well, the same page?
2: Yeah, well, usually what I do is in my groups, I start with the East. Everybody's on the same page. However, if I'm doing a dream class, then I take somebody's dream from their perspective because we do get a sense if we're over here on the left in the West or over here on the right in the East, and we start to look at the picture that's emerging from that dream, And then we can see what's obvious and maybe find out something that's not so obvious. That's what I love about the work.
1: Wow. So now now let's take a look at this a little bit. If we were to say that, you know, life isn't always perfect, right? And, you know, life is a process. Change is part of that. And sometimes when we're going through change, there could be some uncomfortable times. You know, and this is all what I what I talk about, what I do is part of the process to anything worthwhile that you're, you're aiming to get get to. So when we look at these, I think you call them interruptions. So if we, you know, when people, you know, see, you know, face these interruptions, sometimes they tend to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to blame life. I'm going to blame this process for any of the shortcomings. You know, this is my fate, uh, so forth. Talk about what's the difference between fate and destiny when it when we're talking about this topic today?
2: Well, um, I love Robert Ojado's work and Carolyn Mace's work about fate into destiny. Um, it, Robert gives us a very clear understanding about uh, fate and destiny. So he says that fate is the contract we're born with. So another way of saying that is it's the gifts and talents that we're born with. But destiny is... Um, those talents give us an opportunity to fulfill our destiny, and our destiny is how we face the challenges. So let me give you an example. Let's just say you have artistic talent, right? How are you going to play that in the world? Are you going to let your shadow rule you? I'm not good enough. I never get picked. How come so-and-so has this gallery showing and I can't seem to get my foot in the door? Are we going to give voice to that and stay stuck there, which tells me that's more of a faded life? Or are we going to say, how can I make it happen? What do I have to do to get in the door? And I think your work and the influencer's work is just that. You break things down into smaller pieces to, in order to accomplish a task. However... We have to bust through the fear. We have to bust through our insecurity. We have to grow our self-esteem. And when we do those things, we start hearing the whispers of our soul differently. And that's when we live a destined life.
1: That's true. I mean, what you just talked about, the difference between fate and destiny, is that, yes, there are going to be certain things that we have to learn how to let go that we can't control. Because what we try to control that we can't is only going to just put more pressure and more frustration onto us. We we can either decide to own it or not, and so forth. So that being said, but by learning that we can take action and take it in a sequence of events, which you know I always like to call the process, and to be focused on that at you know one day at a time, that we have the ability to do our part and allow, you know, the the world or the universe, whatever you want to call it to do its part. So would that be safe to say how we can distinguish between you know, a fated life and a destined one?
2: Yes, but also there's a joy to it, and that's a factor yeah. that we need to understand. Yeah, and let's it's talk not a, uh, Yeah, it's it's not about, I feel I'm living my destined life. I do a lot of dreams, a lot of inner work, I've received a lot of guidance. When I act on that, that particular guidance, go here instead of there, my life seems to be a flow. There's synchronicities start to happen, which is magical. You and I both know that. When we are in the right place, it's like the universe showers us with gifts, and we just have to be open enough to pay attention and to receive them. And that, to me, is the quality of a destined life. Will it always be easy? No, but you, you say it so well in your book, Master Your Inner Critic, that if you follow your passion and feel that's your heart involved, then we can handle the obstacles. And I think that's a really good reminder, Chris.
1: No, I love what, how you said that, you know, it, it kind of co- it kind of correlates to something I always like to share with people, you know, that we, you know, we have to learn, you know, as we go through this process that we have to learn how to give without expectation, but simultaneously receive without resistance. And you talk about a destined life about receiving that we have to be open to receiving uh, just as we give. And not necessarily we always going to receive for something that we felt that we gave. It could we could be receiving something that could be coming out of left field, but yet it would be but yet pleased you know, as part of the process that really points us or continues us on the right journey to where we're going. But you know a lot of times people may not see that. So so in terms of like the clarity aspect, what would you recommend somebody that you know if they're if they're you know, on this path? and they're looking at the difference between a fate and destiny, how they could obviously be leaning more towards a destined lifestyle that to understand their part. You know, some, some quick tips that you could provide there.
2: Well, let me start this way. There's research that shows that we have about 80,000 thoughts a day, and about 80% of those are negative. So for me it's managing the negativity. It's that inner critic inside, that little voice that says, how come you're doing this? How come you're not doing that? Blah, 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 blah. And it's it's that little poking, that negative poking that we do to ourselves all the time. And we all have this. It's part of our human walk here on our life. And so we have guidance such as Maybe Buddhist practices, for example, that get us to be in the stillness, to quiet that monkey mind um, all the time. But I know for me that when I um, acknowledge that I am doing this, that I'm having these kinds of thoughts, and I add prayer to that, I'm not afraid to talk about prayer, you know, in this day and age. I think it's healthy, um, or whatever people want to call it, but there's some kind of connection that there's something more than me going on here that can help. And when I do that, I'm amazed at how things soften and I find that those thoughts seem to melt away without me doing uh, anything more consciously about it. Does it take practice? Yes. Um, is it always easy? No, because who wants to face the fact that maybe there's a, a little bit of a thief in us, or maybe there's a little bit of a, um, gossip in us? Who wants to face those qualities? But I know, and you know, that when we are honest and we are authentic about that, that life changes around us. And I think that's probably the best advice I can give.
1: No, that's fantastic. Yeah, transparency... And being authentic is so, so important. I mean, you know, sometimes, like I said, you know, you know, as we go through this process, there's going to be the the ups and downs, but it's all necessary for the growth and where we're heading that we see the bigger picture. But we trust the process that that, you know, as we're in whatever we're in at that moment is as long as we're doing what we're supposed to do and letting go of the rest that in time, you know, things will, you know, come come to fruition. To where where we where we desire to be, it may not always be one hundred percent, but it definitely is right in within the parameters of where you'd like to be. And I loved how you distinguished that between fate and destiny. Uh, we got about a less than a minute, due to, to the break. But if you wanted to just summarize again, you know what we talked about here in the second segment, just for the people that have, have been listening or just been joining in late, you know, just again the the summarize, you know, the the, the difference between fate and destiny.
2: Yes, again, fate is what we bring to the table. It's who we are in our essence. It's what we're born with. How we play that in the world creates our destiny. And part of a destined path is what are we going to give to the world. And one of the ways that we recognize doing that is by going on the inner journey, is not being afraid to embrace the change, to accept interruptions, and to uh, face ourselves honestly and see what we can do step-by-step step to be a better person. And that's the crux of it.
1: Great. Again, we're listening to uh, Judith Dreyer. Again, we uh, we have to go to break, but when we come back, we're going to continue where we left off, creating our new story. And again, you're listening to Judith Dreyer, and we encourage you to listen to this episode again on demand, which will be later available later today. We'll be right back after the break.
0: Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment.
2: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
0: You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, Back to Sustainable Success.
1: Well, welcome back. Again, we're here with uh, Judith Dreyer. Uh, she's an author, speaker, a master gardener, and an expert in, in the area of creating our new story. And, you know, we were talking about, about the circle of life and the four directions. So if you are just joining us, we highly encourage you to check out the on-demand version of this episode, which will be available later today here on the Voice America influencers channel again voiceamerica.com influencers channel sustainable success again judith dryer creating our new story also you'll be able to find the episode at the uh, facebook page sustainable success 2017 so judith we you know we you had shared some really some key wisdom today about uh, you know this this perspective on on how we can make changes and create our new story you know you have a book uh, at the Garden's Gate, and, you know, I'd like to talk about how your book really, you know, some key takeaways from the book, and how this relates to creating our new story, you know, practical dream work, and all that type of stuff.
2: Oh, that's great. Um, well, my, my book has actually got three uh, focuses, and, and the first one is it's a personal story. I created a more natural uh, meadow-like landscape in my backyard, and it was a very typical suburban backyard, maybe a quarter of an acre. And I actually created habitat shelter, didn't realize how many resources I was conserving. I did decrease some mowing. Um, the plants that showed up are drought resistant. They supported wildlife, and they also offered edible and medicinal plants for personal use. So, I taught at West Con in Danbury, Connecticut for over 13 years, and I taught holistic health studies. And my students said to me, well, do you have a book? Have you written any of this down? They wanted to know more, and I thought about it uh, once my contract ended over there, and I thought it was time for me to, to put some of my learning down to share it. So what I decided to do to make it a little different is I I paired it up with a medicine wheel of truth that I learned from my Native American elders. So I start off by highlighting the four directions and what does that mean. Um, I also talk about giving thanks for what we take. It's very important uh, in my world that we give thanks for what we do. My one elder used to say all the time, do everything with an attitude of gratitude, and I loved that. Um, So I pair up 12 common sort of meadows, I want to say scruffy weeds that are typically around our yards here in New England and elsewhere, and I paired it up with a teaching on the wheel. Now, I learned from... Uh, the matriarch of the Seneca Wolf Clan, grandmother Twilight Nietzsche, and I learned about the cycles of truth. And there's 12 places on the wheel, and of course the center is our within. It's again where our intuition is. So every place on the wheel has a teaching, and so I paired a plant with that teaching to make it a different uh, level of learning, a different way to study, but I also shared how I used those plants in raising my family because I really stepped off the medical model uh, when my younger son was about three and a half for medical reasons, and I started uh, exploring alternative medicine, and I was able to conquer my fear because I was trained in Western medicine that said, don't use this stuff, it's quackery, uh, to discover that nature's always been there for us. Nature has what we need. Uh, We manipulate it and we change it in the laboratory, but the actual plants have far more uh, about them than just one ingredient. And I started to learn a lot about uh, their gifts and how they work with us. And I stepped into uh, learning about the energies of the ecosystems um, and how valuable soil is, etc., so I do offer a very practical chapter in there of seven easy steps to take a portion of your lawn and put it into a more natural landscape. And Doug Tallamy, who wrote Bringing Nature Home, he's a bug guy. We, we're losing insects at an alarming rate today. And if we just change something in our yard by taking away some portion of lawn. doesn't matter if it's two feet or two acres. If we could change some portion of lawn into a more natural landscape, they will come. They will come back. They will be supported. And I hope that my book is inspiring to folks, you know, on those levels.
1: That's so important. I love the, you know, what you talked about the landscape. You know, you think about you know, with people, when they, you know, they buy a home, they'll have their, they'll buy, they'll they'll have a certain amount of acres. Maybe they don't have acres. Maybe they have an acre or less than an acre, but everything is fertilized and everything is, you know, is designed to be manicured perfectly, but we don't leave anything in its natural state. So talk, like you talked about the importance of that with the insects, because it is so true. Some people would think, oh, insects that's probably a good thing getting rid of them is a good thing well that's not the case there are some insects that are actually good for not only our lawns and our plants but just in general there so there's so talk a little bit about that why people need to kind of keep keep an open mind with that and how that can impact them uh not only you know with the the way their home looks but i mean i'm talking about in their lives well you
2: have to remember that insects are at the bottom of the food chain. If we lose them, we lose everybody up the food chain, including ourselves. That's Mm. how important they are. And the other thing that I've learned, because I'm not a bug person, but what I've learned is that 90% of the bugs are beneficial. There's only a, a small, very small portion of bugs that are hard to control or more destroying. And, of course, we think of the mosquito and the tick in that category. Um, but the other bugs that we're not familiar with, if they come in my house, I just try to find a way to remove them and bring them back outside. I don't automatically uh, kill them. When I had my backyard meadowland, the children in the neighborhood knew that that was a sanctuary, that just because they saw a bee or a spider, they were not allowed to, to stomp it out. Um, and that was part of the boundaries that I set with our landscape. What happens is so much comes in. I mean, I had nights where I would watch the bats, and the bats are seriously endangered here in Connecticut. The deer would come in. The skunks would come in. The moles and the voles would have a place to hang out. Uh, but the butterflies and the dragonflies and the bees that I saw I didn't know anything about them back then, but I saw such a variety of species. And we forget that natural landscapes, like Meadowlands, conserve water. They're drought-resistant. They provide habitat. They provide food. And they have a backup system. Not only that, but they also are a part of the underground network that's so vital to ecosystems. We have fungi and bacteria there that are just as important as what's on top of the ground. And when we start adding chemicals, synthetic fertilizers, etc., we actually destroy some of those structures and we denature the soil. So we end up back in the old model that's not sustainable. And what we need to do is take action to create more sustainability. So to tie in what you're saying, Chris, is that if we work on ourselves, and understand that we're a part of everything and what we do affects the next seven generations i believe we can start creating more holistic models
1: i agree i agree and and if you could shed some insight i mean these are things that obviously a lot of people will say well i get it and i but you know i can't wait for this to happen but but the what they're missing is that well stop waiting for it to happen be the example you take action do it and then as as each person takes action then we kind of see what other people are doing to do it can you talk about where maybe some of this is you know you've done this but where where we're starting to see a a trend where this is happening where we're starting to see how we're coming back to our natural landscape so to speak
2: well that's that's an interesting question. I happen to be the host of a podcast series called The Holistic Nature of Us, and I feature people from all over the country who are doing just what you said. They are there's so many innovative people out there, one garden, one yard, one project, one idea at a time, who are creating change. So you have a young man uh, who's started his own seed company, and he's saving seed from old sources, the oldest sources he can find around that come from different countries. So he's created quite a seed bank from Africa and the Caribbean islands and other countries, uh, and he's a young entrepreneur who works with several farms in the Pennsylvania area. So he's doing that. Then you have the Biomimicry Institute that has a challenge. It's an international challenge for adults, high school, and middle school students. What's a problem in climate change that can be solved by looking at something specifically in nature? So, for example, uh, some students came up with the idea of refrigeration without electricity, looking at the termites in Africa paired up with a specific hornet and what this hornet does. So the innovation is out there. It's just we don't always hear about it. And that's how my book has has led me to writing a blog and creating a website and now the podcast where I'm trying to connect the dots that there's not only are we interconnected with nature, but nature has the solutions. And I love what Janine Benyus, she's a co-founder of the Biomimicry Institute, says. We are part of a confident universe surrounded by genius. Nature has developed and managed ecosystems for 3.8 billion years. We are a young species. It's time to remember we are but apprentices, to these masters. And I feel we go right back to what we uh, talked about right in the beginning. If we are emotionally at the level of a 15-year-old male, then it's time for us to step up to the plate to mature into the fact that we don't have all the answers, that we've made some serious mistakes, be accountable for that, and let's create the solutions. And I think the universe will support us a hundredfold a thousandfold once we make that commitment.
1: Mm, That is so powerful. And I think it's so true. Again, you know, uh, we highly encourage everybody listening or that will be listening on demand. Mm -hmm. This is such an interesting perspective and how it really ties into creating Mm -hmm. our new story that uh, Judith shared with us. Again, get your copy of At the Garden's Gate again. Mm Uh, Judith, I would like to, you know, we have about a minute and a half left, and I would like to leave some time to let people know where they can find you, where they can find the book, and where you're going to be next.
2: Okay, so my book is at the Garden's Gate, and you can find it on all of the um, distribution arms out there. It's on Amazon, Nook, Freezing Press, iTunes, Kobo, Goodreads, um, and my website. My website is judithdryer.com, and that's D R E. YER.com and I have everything listed there. My podcasts are there. They're on, I have a YouTube channel. Um, I have a blog. I have where I'm featured. I also have my class list. I'm going to be doing some dream classes coming up in April and May, and all of that is on my website. People just have to contact me through that. And my email is at thegardensgate at gmail.com.
1: Great. But Judith, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy day to join us and share your words of wisdom. This is a very interesting perspective on, on on life and creating our new story as humans overall and individuals. And again, we thank you guests each and every week for joining us every Thursday. And again, we want to enlighten you with new information that can really help you the sustainable way to really make a difference in your personal life in terms of wellness, relationships, and then also your business. And again, we always like to introduce new concepts and ideas that can really get you to be open minded and think differently. Again, always the sustainable way here at Sustainable Success. We hope you enjoy the rest of your uh, week, the prosperous way, and we will see you next Thursday. Have a great day, everyone.